helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. This is your host, Bettina Davomar, and I want to thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is entitled, The Loneliness Epidemic. Despite the fact that we live in a world of over 7 billion people, and that we are connected more and more through social media, we are still affected by loneliness. And loneliness is becoming more and more of an epidemic. Maybe you can identify with the feelings of loneliness. Or maybe you know someone that is affected by the feelings of loneliness. Or maybe you're one of the fortunate ones that have many friends and family. But you just want to know how to help others. Today's show is for you. Joining me in studio is award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Bettina. And it's so good to be on air again to do another topic. And today's show, I think, is a very important one, especially for this time of the year when we enter into the Christmas season with many people looking forward to spending time with friends at these parties and having merry spirits and uh, spending time with family and all of those jolly things that people do at this time of the year. But despite that, I think there is a remnant, uh, a small percentage, or a growing percentage, I should say, of the population who suffers from loneliness. And so I think this show today is going to be a very important one, not just for the people who are suffering, but for those of us who may have friends and family to give us insights into loneliness, how it affects people, and what we can do uh, or in the more fortunate position to help others who are suffering from loneliness. I'm very excited. But before we get into today's show, let me welcome those of you who are first-time listeners. We are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. So be sure to join us again next week when we'll have another interesting show lined up for you. Our contact information, you can find out all about how to contact us by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We're a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can also call us one 877 544 3546. We would be delighted to be of service to you. Michael, I am so excited about this show. And I'm just wondering how common is it for uh, loneliness today? How common is loneliness today? Loneliness is very common. As a matter of fact, a study done by the World Health Organization, WHO for short, in 2015, says that loneliness is on the rise. As a matter of fact, in some countries, they said that there was a six-fold increase in loneliness. And they also quoted statistics from different 
countries to show the percentage of loneliness. So the one statistic that I think is very relevant to this part of the world is what they said about loneliness in the United States. And they said 22%, one in five, can you believe it, in such a big country with over 200 million people, one in five of the U.S. population suffers from loneliness. And in case you're thinking, I'm so glad that that's not Canada, it's the U.S. And it's happening over there to those people who are so segregated. But we in Canada, we are doing so much more better. In case you're thinking that, let me say that another another study that was done looked at the top 10 lonely countries in the world. And yes, you may be surprised, but Canada is ranked on that list as one of the loneliest country in the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, United States and Canada were very close on that list of the 10 loneliest country, with U.S. ranking as the number as the fifth lonely, loneliest country in the world and Canada as the sixth. So we are very similar in terms of loneliness. And I think with social media, people are spending less and less time. You might have a million friends on Facebook, but you can still be lonely. Is it Facebook that you have friends or is that YouTube? Oh, oh YouTube yeah. is the likes, right? Yes, and Facebook, Facebook, you got your friends. Your friends, you have your <laughs> friends. So you might have a, a million friends on Facebook and a million people that send you all of these birthday wishes on your mm-hmm. birthday, but you can still be suffering from loneliness. And this this continent is one of the most connected on the planet in terms of access to Internet and social media and afford, uh, people who can afford cell phone and computers and tablets. We have no shortage of those gadgets, but still we are ranking as the, the fifth and sixth loneliest country in the world. So, Michael, I'm just wondering with all of this, these statistics, what does the Bible have to say? Does the Bible shed any light on the subject of loneliness? Yes, actually it does. And I think the Bible is a very relevant book and very relevant to any age. And I think it is still relevant to today. Because when I read what is said about loneliness in Ecclesiastic 4, verse 7 to 8, I think it's almost prophetic to what is happening in North America today, to what is happening in developed countries. Mm-hmm. And this we have here, uh, the, the, in, in Ecclesiastic, we have these words. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. And it's believed to be King Solomon, I believe, speaking these words. Someone who was very wealthy and had had lots of, lots of wealth and material possessions, which is very common to people in North America. And he said, again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling? He asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. So in this, as I said, almost prophetic 
uh, passage in Ecclesiastic 4, verse 7 to 8, we have this reference to a man who had a lot of material things, but yet he had neither son nor brother. And it is so sad to see many people who have spent their lives going after material things, putting their careers ahead of their children, Mm. end up at the end of their lives, as this passage said, with neither, quote, son nor brother. In other words, they have no one who rallies around them in their old age. They're alone. They're spending the last days of their lives alone Mm -hmm. and miserable. And there is a growing number of people like that. So the Bible does shed light on that to say this is a very miserable business, as it says here in in Ecclesiastic 4, verse 7 to 8. But Bettina, to answer your question further, I think there are also other passages in the Bible that speaks of loneliness, people experiencing loneliness. We just need to think of Joseph, for example, in exile, in a foreign land, working himself away in Pharaoh's palace, ascending to great heights in terms of success, but nevertheless lonely because he's away from the people that he really cares about and really love, his family, his father, and his brothers. And as I, as I speak these words today, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there are many people here in Canada who are suffering from that same plight, who have left their country of birth and are here working, but the people that are closest to them is not here and they are lonely. And so if you're going through that today or you know someone who is, please listen to the rest of this show because we have some tips that we are going to be giving at the end of this show that will be able to help you uh, help someone else or help yourself. Michael, with all of these people that are experiencing loneliness, I can just imagine how that might just affect their physical well-being, their health. Can you speak a little bit to that, please? Yes. So we know that people who are lonely, they suffer emotionally. But, you know, we know that people will have this feeling, this feeling of wanting to connect or this sadness that is over them. But loneliness is more than an emotional condition. Mm -hmm. Studies that have been done by psychologists and and, uh, people within the mental health field is now showing that loneliness affects things like your immune system. It leads to cardiovascular disease, leads to type 2 diabetes, arthritis. As a matter of fact, they have gone on to say that people who are lonely are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's disease. People who are lonely to even suffer more from the common cold than people who are connected. So we are made to connect. Babies are born grabbing onto the the, the fingers of their mother or anyone who come near. So it's almost like God wires us to be connected. Mm -hmm. You put you put your your finger near a baby and the automatic response is to hold on to your finger. 
We are born to connect. Yes. And so babies who are deprived of loneliness, do, of contact, I should mm-hmm. say, do not fear well physically or emotionally. And so it's no surprise that the studies that are being published are showing that loneliness affects us. It goes on to say that even things like it leads to, to inflammation, internal inflammation of, of the organs. And if you have missed our show on depression and inflammation, I think you should listen to that show because a lot of what people are suffering from today that they're labeling Lyme disease or fibromyalgia might actually be in internal inflammation. So our show about depression and inflammation goes into great deal to talk about uh, inflammation and what can be done about it. So if you have missed that show, uh, uh, please uh, listen to that show because we cannot go into details here about how to deal with inflammation. But I think it is it's it is enough to say today that loneliness can also leads to lead to inflammation. Yes. And so Michael this is something that probably affects not just um people who are alone but what about marriages those who are married? You know, is it possible for them to feel lonely to that's feel such, lonely in a marriage? That's such a good question Bettina because I'm sure that there are some people listening to this show today that say, yeah, you know, I'm one of those unlucky ones. I am unmarried mm-hmm. and that's why I'm suffering from loneliness and you people that have a partner to go home to, you are so lucky because you are not lonely. You have someone to go home to. But let me say Mm. that this is not necessarily the truth. Yes, people who are lonely, people who are married can actually be lonely. In in a survey that was done, more than 60% of lonely people were married. 60%, 60%, just consider that for a moment, yeah. 60% who had someone to go home to living in that space were lonely. Yeah. So it's important for us to to define loneliness a bit, mm-hmm. to say loneliness doesn't mean that you're in close proximity right. of someone, that you're living in the same house as someone. Because you can be living in the same house with someone mm-hmm. and still be emotionally disconnected from them. Absolutely. You don't talk, you have no one to talk with about your feelings. You can't talk about the problems because the person shuts you down. And so I would say, Bettina, that loneliness in marriage is probably worse than the other form of loneliness where, you, where you're alone. Yeah. Because I think in that situation, you have someone there that can solve your problem, that can make you not lonely, but you're Mm -hmm. still suffering. So Mm -hmm. if I may use this analogy, it's kind of like being hungry and having a plate of food in front of you, but you can't, for some reason, you're prevented from eating that plate of food. This is what it is like to be lonely in marriage. So 60% of people, in a survey, 60% of people said that they were married, that they were married. And so, again, if you're in a marriage and you're lonely, listen to our show, Loneliness in Marriage. If you go to our YouTube channel by going to our website, elamcounselingministry.com, and just putting in a search for that show, Loneliness in Marriage, we have we have a whole show that we have done about how to connect again in your marriage, or if you're lonely, what to do if you're in a marriage where loneliness is 
is a factor. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Live Transformation Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And with me in studio today is Bettina Devilmar. And we are talking about the subject of loneliness. Today's show, the loneliness epidemic. And so if you have missed the first part of the show, go to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com to hear the rest of this show. And don't go anymore, anywhere. We have uh, a very interesting second half of this show to you. If you want to contact us by phone for uh, any questions or for professional counseling help, you can call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. We we would be delighted to be of service to you. And so, Michael, this is such a great show because I, I'm learning as we are speaking here today. And you know, I'm just thinking about okay, so we've got these married people who are living in this lonely state. But what about those international students, you know, that are here for school or maybe, uh, you know, those who live alone, they're far away from their family members. And, you know, during the Christmas season, they probably feel very isolated. What are some ways um, that they can combat loneliness and the feeling of isolation, especially during the holidays, during these times, uh, these holiday seasons? Such a good and, and important question, Bettina. I think when we think about people who are away from their homeland, such as international students, it reminds me of Joseph that I talked about in the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, where he's in this strange country. And so if people around Joseph is not... Uh, aware or uh, are conscious or make an effort to help Joseph deal with that loneliness, he suffers in silence. Mm-hmm. And I think there are many people in our churches, in our community organization that are suffering in silence. I think the onus is on us that are connected, that have the resources of friends and family mm-hmm. to reach out yeah. to those people especially at this time of the year. So I would say to every believer who are listening to this show today, every person actually who are listening to this show, believer or not, that if you are one of the more fortunate ones, that you have families and friends around you, open your eyes and begin to look around you and to begin to notice those who might be alone here or maybe they have spouses who have been deceased and they're going to be be spending Christmas alone or they have children but the children are in another part of the world and you know that they're going to be alone this holiday or maybe you don't know. I would say begin to ask questions. Begin to reach out to those people who you suspect might be alone. Invite someone over for a Christmas meal with you. Host a Christmas dinner where you invite the most vulnerable Mm -hmm. people of your congregation that might be suffering at this time of the year. I think that's one of the best outreach that you can do for people here. Many of us make a big deal about going to a missions trip abroad, but I think that's a mission that you can do here in Canada 
we are the sixth loneliest country in the world. There are a lot of people that you can reach through your acts of kindness and generosity at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really good one. I'm just wondering if there are any other ways that we can connect with people that are lonely. I think it's also important for people who are lonely. As I said, for those of us who are more fortunate, as I said earlier, we should begin to open our eyes and to look around us and notice those who are lonely. But if you are here and you are lonely, I think too, you need to open your eyes as well and begin to look around for people. Choose at at least one person that you can draw close to, that you can talk to about your loneliness. Loneliness. Why am I having trouble with that word today? <laughs> it's a long <laughs> word, Michael. So I, word. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Look for look for someone who, you know, you can talk to about your loneliness yes. and begin to begin to talk with them. And I think if you if you don't begin to open up to people, they might never know. So right. don't suffer in silence. Begin to reach out. There's a passage yes. in Proverbs that says, if a man desires friend, he must show himself friendly. Yeah. And so, in other words, the, on, the onus is not just on others to reach out to you. You also, too, can mm. begin to reach out. So you can do things like, you know, go to functions that your church is having. Unfortunately, loneliness is like a a, a sickness where a lot of people who are lonely lonely tend to isolate themselves because they're feeling so down and depressed. So I know it's not always easy to do what I'm asking you to do, but I will say begin, push past those defenses and begin to reach out to to, to people around you, begin to go to functions that people that you're having and start a conversation with someone because I think this get, that can go a far way in helping you to get over your loneliness. What about in church settings, Michael? Would there be like maybe some groups or maybe people that they can talk to? Yes, I think in, in, in church circles we have... Uh, compassion centers, we have pastoral care teams, and we have those groups that are there to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. But I know for a lot of those churches, they are short staffed at at this time of the year because some of those people are traveling to other places to be with their relatives or they're too busy uh, preparing for their loved ones who are coming over. So sadly enough, Bettina, people fall through the cracks at this time of the year. I think it's up to church leaders leadership to make this a mission, to make this a priority, that it's not just putting on a Christmas play. It's not just having a function at your church, mm-hmm. but it is it is being uh, diligent in seeking out and finding those who are lonely. And th- I think this is a very Christian thing to do. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus having this principle where he's leaving the 90 and 9 to go and search for that one lost sheep. Yes. That to me is a picture of a lonely person, Bettina. Yes. That lost sheep, that one person. I know a lot of time we interpret that scripture to mean the one sheep who is not saved. But if we, if we do a careful study of the 
ministry of Jesus, we see that Jesus was also seeking out for those people, the brokenhearted, the people who are the despised, the rejected of society. So I think it's a very Christian thing to do, Mm -hmm. to look for that, to leave the 90 and 9, leave the flock that is in the church and begin to go after those people on the fringes who might have visited your congregation for just a few times, but at this time of the year, they might be shut-ins are shut in because of illness, or they might be alone because they have no one. In the story of the woman at the well, to me that's a picture of another loneliness incident, mm. where this woman, she was so despised by society that she had to go to the well at the, at the hottest time of the day because she was a social outcast. But right. Jesus went out of his way, surprising even his own disciples, mm-hmm. went out of his way to meet this woman where she is. We need to meet people at the point of their loneliness. Don't wait for them to come after us. And I'm thinking too, small groups in churches. Yes. You know, I lead a small group at my church, for example, and it's actually geared to single and parenting and that, you know, just doing a Christmas party for them. And, you know, it just really helps. And so, I'm wondering if there's other ways, too, that we could yes, do. Yes, I think there are a lot of other ways, but I think I, I want to close with this this way today. And I think this is one that is often overlooked when we talk about loneliness. And I think some people are lonely because of childhood factors. Oh, okay. Some people are lonely because they have been hurt yes. by someone in their childhood and they, they develop uh uh, what we call negative cognitions and negative worldview, negative core beliefs about the world as a result of that hurt that they suffer. So the negative cognition or core belief about themselves could be that I am unlovable or or I am worthless or I am despised. Mm. And so these negative core beliefs could let these people isolate themselves from others because if you feel... If people get to know you, they would not like you. Mm. Then the tendency is going to be for you to withdraw and to hide yourself. So things that hurt us in our childhood can lead to these negative core beliefs. I've met many people who have come to my workshop who have said, I am not a part of a congregation because I just can't trust anyone. I don't feel safe. I keep going from church to church because everywhere I go, I feel like I am being judged. I feel like people don't like me. And a lot of times this speaks to the emotional hurt that they're carrying from their childhood. So that emotional hurt might make someone feel that they're they're not lovable. But Bettina, these emotional hurts also have a way of shaping our worldview, how we see the world. So it can make us feel people are are not trustworthy. If someone that that you should really trust, such as a parent, betrayed you or abandoned you as a child, it might make you live in fear of being abandoned or being hurt again. So you play it safe by moving away from people, detaching yourself away from people because your worldview says people cannot be trusted. People will hurt me. So in a nutshell, what I am saying 
with this final point is that you should find out what your emotional wounds are because maybe that is what is preventing you from making friends and from connecting. And maybe people are reaching out to you, but you keep pushing them away. I think that has to be dealt with before you can truly, truly beat this epidemic of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Very good point, Michael. And so, Bettina, see, we have quickly come to the end of today's show. And I want to thank you again for being with me in studio today to discuss this very important topic. I'd also like to remind our listeners of the upcoming healing retreat on June 5th to 8th of next year. That's June 5th to 8th of 2020. And again, it will be at Providence Point in Lanark. I think on last week's show, I said Providence Park in Lanark. Mm -hmm. And I got a few calls about that. So it's not Providence Park. It's Providence Point in Lanark, the same place that we did. And so, Bettina, we have come to the end of today's show, and I want to, to just uh, thank our listeners for being with us today. And as usual, we want to pray for you as we close this show. So this is Michael Hart of Elim Counseling, Counseling Services. And Bettina Davomar. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.